0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal.
1: And we're live. And what do we talk about now?
2: <laughs> um, totally ground in the intro. Yeah, how long? How long has it been, guys?
0: I At check. least a month.
2: Has it a month?
0: Let's see when our last episode was even posted.
2: Hey, are, am I coming through my
0: microphone? Yes, we'll tap it just to make sure. Let's see. Yeah,
2: because oh, my yeah. my voice thing isn't—it's um, not getting taller and smaller. Oh, hmm. your sound isn't tall.
1: It is. I I see it getting taller and smaller on my computer.
2: Okay, it. I don't. I'm not seeing it on mine. Is it taller when I talk? Yeah. It's okay. Taller when you talk and smaller when you don't. Yeah. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. It's all that's, adding up. That's a good sign. Cool. Just want to make sure. Don't want any tech malfunctions here. Mm-hmm. Great. Is, it's been so long. I, it's not getting taller or smaller on mine. Can
0: so. <laughs> we just talk about this for 35 minutes? This <laughs> sound check. That'd be like the biggest boomer cast move
2: ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mess with the knobs. Mess with the knobs. Why did you start recording?
1: <laughs> That's great. Let's do that. Let's talk about it more.
2: Do we want to... Um,
1: just give some advice today. Like just yeah. talk about yeah, what's worked for us in life and just throw out <laughs> some advice. <laughs>
2: so something my amazing. my life coach shared with me recently.
1: Yeah. Um, Tell me.
2: Yeah. Well, here, do we want to date this one? Like, can we talk about Sure. Yeah. I <laughs> that rule, I hate that rule. Yeah. For two reasons. It's one, we're bad at it. Out. Uh, and and the second one is um how can you talk about a thing if you don't have the proper context, you know? you got to have a specific date that you're working with.
0: Right. You're bringing up some really good points. Thanks, man. So, are you talking about the fact that the Cubs won the World Series last week? <laughs> <laughs> this is a hidden episode
2: that's resurfaced?
0: <laughs> no, how nine. was y'all's
2: Thanksgiving?
0: Well, yeah, I hope uh, I hope that bird flu doesn't go crazy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if
2: we had some kind of epidemic? Gosh, we could go back. It's been ten years. We have ten years of stuff that we could pick from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pretend that it's that time. And pretend it's that time. Yeah. Did y'all hear Trump's running for office? That's that never could gonna be. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that could be multiple times. Actually, it's <laughs> true. true. Yeah. It is true. Wow. No, did y'all have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, is that your timestamp Thanksgiving? That, that's my timestamp, and that's in it. Advent. I'm kind of feeling Advent. Oh, like, Advent.
1: Oh, I had a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for asking. Um, I yeah, had mass in the morning at the parish, spent it with my family then, um, which was great. And I kind of consider it part of the Thanksgiving week. But deer season is always the weekend before. Do you guys see the picture of that deer? My nephew John shot.
0: Oh, yeah. Very impressive.
1: Nice buck. Super cool. Yeah, that was great. That was really kind of just like rode that into um, Thanksgiving. And so for the listeners, my um, nephew, affectionately called Juicebox, got his first nice buck this last deer season. And it was awesome.
2: Can you see are the- those?
0: Are those the stages like first deer, first buck, first nice buck?
1: <sighs> um, Yeah, never thought about that, but. I would say those are the stages.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any, do you have your first buck mounted? That's not a nice buck.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually my favorite. It's actually my favorite deer that I have mounted. It's a little, it's called a basket rack, um, the seven pointer. So it's just like a, a little like seven pointer. And, but my mom and dad mounted him for me because they said they would mount like my first one. And they, yeah, it's just it just like all the like the happy memories, the family time and just being so excited about that deer. So like if I saw that deer today, you would pass it like every, every time mm. Um, you wouldn't even shoot it, but was so excited. So mm. having it mounted is actually super cool because it takes me back to like, I don't know, it's not nostalgia. It's just um like the beauty of it, man. So it's like, I don't know, the first time you get to, whatever, whatever takes you back to a moment like that, that just made you like fall in love with, with something and Mm -hmm. all the memories that go with that. So -hmm. there's a lot of cool memories tied to it.
2: How old were you
1: when you took Mm -hmm. that buck down? Oh, I was like probably a freshman in college or something. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. I thought you were younger. Did you hunt through high school?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I didn't start hunting until I was 14 or 15, I think. My dad actually didn't hunt growing up. My uncle did, and I always wanted to. Hmm. So I finally started going with with him some, and then kind of through that, my dad, my whole family got got into it. Um, but then, yeah, I, I had um, gotten a few deer, but never never a buck. I think I was a freshman. I'm pretty sure I was a freshman in high school when I got my first buck. And oh, okay. then maybe like a junior or senior to to the criteria that we're using today when I got like my first nice buck, which was a big mature deer.
2: Very cool. And in the photo that you sent is little juice box, his buck. Can you see the entrance hole in the. Oh, the you deer? asked that.
1: No, nope. I, I think I it. saw what you were like, what you were looking at, but that was not the nope. that was not the shot.
2: There. oh man I was like holy cow. so he
1: didn't shoot it he's he got down out the tree and strangled it to death he jumped on its back man <laughs> that's really that's even more impressive in a lot of ways I th- actually threw him he he like had cold feet at the end and I was like no you're here get just out and so just Oop. just a little push and he did it's it like
2: a little duckling out of the nest sometimes that's all they need that's time it. to fly good yep. thing he didn't get like gored this land right on those antlers you know yeah mm-hmm. I didn't think
1: about that at all until you said that. Wow, no. I'm always thinking about Dang, getting dored. Wow,
2: cool. Enough. It was um, we, speaking it was of cool, it have
1: like a little rite of passage for him. Like he's gotten his first nice buck. You know, yeah. we need more rites of passage in today's world.
0: We certainly do, but we need to be guided through them. Yes, Because I was I was going to ask you one of the things when I when I tried my hand at hunting and sucked at it and found it to be cold and boring. <laughs> um one of the things that intimidated me was that i didn't want to gut the deer if i got mm. a deer that was like a fear i held in the back of my head was that i had to gut this huge animal which i'd seen a deer gutted a couple times and it and it grossed me out and it um but i think it's one of those things where if you just if you have a man there with you like encouraging you along the way um the kind of thing that what you it's also like overwhelmingly complicated like it seems so Mm -hmm. easy to screw up if you puncture a gut and then it just like spoils the whole carcass um that that whole thing i found kind of scary and gross and intimidating so did juice box when you i assume any deer you kill you have to gut right
1: yeah we make him and he's like the first of my nieces and nephews that is hunting And so we may, it's actually interesting. So this year he got his first one last year and he watched the whole time he had seen deer gutted before and everything like that. Um, but then this year it was like, okay, you got to start really like learning how to do it, you know, like hands in there and we wear gloves like when, when we do it. So we got him some of those and, um, but he's not, he's literally not physically strong enough to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. to wow. actually gut the gut the deer and no uh, way wow yeah i mean deer are a big game you know so it's like right. there it, it takes like a certain strength it takes like a certain um like his arms just aren't long enough to yeah. do it either hmm. you know especially um, a big buck like that exactly yeah no he couldn't couldn't do it um but he got right in there like he just kind of it was you know can like show him like where the cuts to make are and let him make some of them and Like even like this time it was like kind of guiding the knife for him because you do like there's, there's times when like you have to cut through certain things like a membrane, but you don't, you can't just like stab because it'll get into the guts themselves and, um, all of that. Is that true that it
0: would spoil? If you did that, you would spoil a bunch of the meat? I don't think so. Yeah,
1: it would just be gross. I mean, you would want to get it off, but like it wouldn't Mm -hmm. spoil the meat, um, Though, but yeah, I I mean, to your point, like, I mean, that's to have someone guiding you through any type of rite of passage is like it's not even a nicety; it's it's a necessity. You know, um you can't do it without so you can't do it without a guide. It's impossible to do.
0: I saw I saw a tweet a long time ago that kind of seemed emblematic to the intergenerational divide between boomers and millennials. That said, it said, "Boomer." here's a participation trophy. Also Boomer, screw you for taking it. Um, and I just felt like that's, that's a lot of the dialogue that happens that as a millennial, you feel a little bit of resentment because there's this tacit judgment or explicit judgment that millennials now we're in our thirties and forties. So we have figured out some stuff, but like when we were in our twenties, there was all this judgment of like, Oh, they won't commit. they, they need constant affirmation and it's this participation trophy and they don't know how to adult and do laundry and they expect everything to be done for them. And obviously there's a certain socioeconomic class of millennial, but, um, yeah, I was like, well, you don't get maturity without someone to help you mature and initiate you, you know? And like you could, (laughs) I was playing dodgeball with with a bunch of discerning high school kids. We had a big discernment event after Thanksgiving to timestamp this further on Friday. Um, And we ended we did a Eucharistic procession and then a dodgeball thing in the gym up at Mundelein. And it was like 80 high school kids and all the seminarians and a bunch of priests. And uh, I was on a team with Matt Alexander, who is a jokester and a hardcore competitor. And we, our team, of course, won the dodgeball tournament, which was fun, but, um, (laughs) it's all about catches. It's all about catches. Don't try to get people out, especially when, when you're doing different age groups, like young kids are lobbing them up there. Just, oh yeah, man, can of corn, corn. Uh, but he goes, he just goes, dude, if this were the nineties, we'd be playing with baseballs and headshots would be encouraged. (laughs) 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 He was, he was, uh, joking, jokingly lamenting that there were no headshots allowed. He's like, Oh, that's such a stupid rule. And if this were the nineties, they'd be encouraging us to hurt each other. But like that sense from the older generation that the younger generation is soft. I've always hated that because it's like the older generation's job is to not harden the younger generation, but like give them the encouragement and accompaniment to help them be you know, someday juice box is going to be teaching a young juice Capri son how to cut the deer without piercing the guts, you know? And so somebody needs to like not hold his hand, but some yeah, sometimes like literally hold his hand. So he knows how it feels, how deep to do this and, and not just feel like he's abandoned to do this overwhelming task, which was kind of like nobody ever taught me how to hunt. And it was just kind of like, I was too old to, to learn and too self-conscious to ask. So I just kind of quit. Um, does that make sense? Yes. So I'm encouraged by your stories of juice, juice box. I think he's, he's in a good, good situation with your brother-in-law and you and your your dad and everybody, that community of men teaching a boy how to be a man. That's
1: what it takes. Yeah. Thanks. Um, no, it is I the kind of the meta point there or the, the broader point of, um, Maybe a couple things to what you, you said, you know, I do think that's present in, um, man, I, I don't know that there's like a, a generational like gap that that isn't present in at some point of like kind of the younger generation feeling like the older one thinks that they're soft and in a lot of ways. Um, but it's true, you know, it's, it's, it's true. Um, you know what it makes me th- of all the things we may have talked about this on the cast it makes me think of a line, one of my favorite lines from the um, the HP books, the Harry Potter books, and it's in like I think the fifth one maybe, and I'm not going to quote it exactly because I don't know it, but Dumbledore is talking to Harry, and he says something to the effect of "It's it's understandable that the young are not able to like understand or relate to what it is to be like old and wise. but it's a it's like a grievous sin for someone who is wise, like in full of years to forget what it feels like to be young. And I've always thought that's like, I don't know, there's just a lot, there's just a lot to that. It's dang hard not to do, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, already of just having like, Um, you know, having like the generation behind us, like starting in the workforce and things like that. It's not even like I'm conscious of it or I don't think I talk about it certainly very often. Um, but I think it's, it's really easy like to fall into that, to, to forget what it is to like be young or to feel, or to, um, Like maybe more closely to what you were talking about, like to forget the need like of mentorship or rites of passage or like communities to help people that aren't there, you know, and how isolating that can be of like when you're in a scenario and you're like, dang, like I kind of want to know how to do this, but like I don't know how and it's actually like really isolating to be in this position right Mm. now um yeah anyway those are my thoughts and further cements the narrative that i am
0: like i missed the boat on adulthood or something
2: and it has to it has to come from a person as well like i think that's where what what makes our like our our formation process so strong is they just put us with a bunch of other priests that they're like, yeah, we want you to be around this guy. And that's really how some of the strongest formation, like the Baron will talk about the mysticog that leads you into something. Um, It's not a program. It's not like sit down and watch this series of DVDs and then you'll know how to do something. Like, no, you got to get out there and there has to be somebody that walks with you in it or else it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't take root in the same way. But that also means that it's a little bit more difficult Because it's way easier to programatize stuff. Like, I think a lot about our confirmation programs. And I've always disliked that component of it. Like, we're just going to throw in a DVD and teach people about the faith. And you're like, that's not actually, I think, what we're supposed to be doing. I think we actually need people there to to be mystagogues, to walk with you into a mystery and kind of teach you through that.
1: I one this of the is how hard you have to press the knife. That's what we need for right. sure. Like because you don't want to puncture that. the guts, man. Feeling well. that,
2: and like the majority of, I mean, the majority of like how we learn now, it's like the YouTube University.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: what everybody learns. And I was thinking included. that if I was
1: had somebody like the guys that taught me how to clean deer, it, like had that not happened, your best bet would be like, well, you could check YouTube and try to figure it out. Totally. It, but gosh I don't, I don't like that I, I want the future to be analog man
2: it's like feeling like this is how hard you have to press and like this is what that feels like and this is how you have to make this cut um, like this is the type of knife that you need to use and don't go here and go here like what a hands-on thing that is literally I, and I you also that.
0: learn by making mistakes and that's also part of being a boy I think is like this is the time in which you can make mistakes and mm-hmm. There's somebody older than you who has the wisdom to allow it when it's lower stakes, when like it's a reparable thing. And also to be there to like see past what you're about to, Oh, you're about to do something bad. Let me intervene here. Like the wisdom of being an educator is not simply having information. And then to your point about like putting it on a YouTube video or something like, Oh, initiation is just information. It's, um, somebody who not only knows how to do this thing, but also knows how to teach it. Um, how to do it excellently. Yeah. Uh, and you know, is because we. Well, sorry. And an expert in human nature, not just a, not a, just an expert in the skill, but in human nature of how like what um, what a boy's experience of this is going to be like, you just got your first deer and you're like so stoked and you like want your dad to be proud of you and like you don't want to spoil this um this experience, you know, with like a failure. Yeah. So, but you also don't want him to feel like he's getting his hand held and he didn't actually do it himself. hmm
2: You mm-hmm. know,
0: that's the fatherly thing. I was gonna and I was gonna say one of the graces I've had in um really growing myself in maturity here at Newman and watching the the community and the individual kids grow in maturity is my um My admiration for them, like when I see them do something really mature, like give a testimony or put on an event or, um, you know, take some kind of risk, like apply to be a focus missionary or um, even just step out of their comfort zone and meet somebody at fall outreach or something like that, where this here, this kid was really timid last year, but now all of a sudden they're coming out of their shell. Like I really enjoy seeing a person's personality come come out because they have this new confidence because somebody's walked with them and and helped them become the real them their real self. And then you start to see that real self and you're like I like that person. That person's really cool. Um, and I just remember when you talked about priests like learning this from priests the uh, the one that I so admired and um, learned so much from was Bartosic, Bishop Bartosic who was my pastor when I was an intern. And just a couple I like admired him so much down to his like mannerisms like i i think i maybe have shared this but he would take me on house visits to to old people that he brought communion to and um there was this woman who he said he said to me as we were driving up to her house he goes if you get this woman praying for you you have your ass dipped in butter (laughs) (laughs) this is like an old old guy phrase to say you've got it made um (laughs) uh so um we went into this woman's house and she just lived in this tiny little apartment by herself she's old got around with a cane and he just like very um affectionately and casually kind of like rested his hands on her cane as he sat near her and and just kind of talked and i just thought that was such a little intimate gesture this kind of like communicating comfort in the space Uh, i was very self-conscious as a seminarian Going into those places like, oh, am I doing it right? Am I saying the right thing? Am I being a pastoral guy? And he just was very easy in the way that he um, he related to people. Uh, And he wasn't a schmoozer. That's the other thing is like he's not one of these guys that's like everybody likes because he's kissing babies and shaking hands all the time. Um, He truly like was intentionally taking me to these places to show me how it's done. And then when I would like and he'd put me in situations like my first week there, there was a funeral and he's like, go do the wake. I'm like I've never been to a wake. You know, I was like 24, 25 years old. And here you're going to go like lead the prayers. And he's like, here's the book and maybe you can sing a song and and do that. I think he did one. He took me to one where he led it. And then he's like the next one, you do it. Um, and, uh, then he did the funeral the next day. And I remember him asking me what I said at the wake. And I kind of summarized my little spiel, my little homily. And he, the way just that he expressed it was like, whoa, that's a, wow. Okay. That's a really good thought. And then his homily at the, at the funeral, like jumped off of what I said at the wake. Mm. And I'm sure I've never told him that, but that just meant so much to me Mm. that he, he was like pushing me into the outer limits of my comfort zone to try new things and to maybe fail. But then, when he saw like me succeed and my personality come out, he was like, "I can learn from that, you know, and I can I can become a better priest because of what you are doing, um, dude." That was like euphoria. I felt like king of the world. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I what I like to do for what I want to or hope to do for right for other young people.
2: Right, that's like um, yeah, authentic affirmation right there that's right. hyper affirmation it's like you're not just telling me i did a good job you're like you're using my stuff bro oh right <laughs> baby
1: oh i love that yeah, yeah that's so good because he's not like being your buddy there yeah. either right. you know mm-hmm. that's just that's a uh, yeah i mean that that's many things on display there like a high is certainly like a high effective maturity like and, and just like an awareness of a guy like that to to do that, like the humility, you know, to do it and awareness to do it in that moment. Um, But yeah, man, just the affirmation piece. Like, that's so cool. That's good.
2: Yeah, it's... Um, I haven't thought about that in years. That's really cool. cool. Um, I, Like, it's difficult to think about different skill sets that I've learned or like aspects of my humanity or even things that I do practically that relate to our vocation and even army stuff as well that if I trust it almost guaranteed I learned it from somebody that I trusted like that was an essential part of my development as as a human being and as a man and um which is great because that's like there's a lot of gratitude that's there because it's just a recognition that the Lord put the right people in my way and they cared about me. They loved me. And that's just the fruit of their love, which is well, I didn't do anything to earn that. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Um, yeah. And so it's like just a lot of gratitude for that. Um, so Rob, in your story, you have uh you're, you're the mystagogue. You're the, the mentor yes yes the, i am you're the obi-wan listen, listen to me sensei wait is that mm-hmm. right is the sensei the student i think the senpai is the student
1: i'd say is the master L- yeah. really the luke skywalker to younger generations um, Yeah, at this point point. Um, and i'm
2: the yoda to your luke skywalker
1: yeah you're just like this hideous
2: creature yeah, well this, so that yeah. that went in a different direction <laughs> Than I was expecting, but
1: no. Run with it. Keep going. What's uh? <clears throat> you're shriveled and little, and like at the incomprehensible. end, incomprehensible. Don't really yeah.
2: speak clearly or articulately. The, okay, so the word, <laughs> the word, it's okay. Just because I'm in a boot, is this <laughs> the word? Is handy, capable? Okay, and I, I. I'm gonna run out of that brace. I'm gonna run out of that boot. Oh, We're gonna force get Gump. better. Ah, Forrest gum reference. Nice. Um, how meaningful does it feel to like how fun to get to do that with Juicebox?
1: Oh yeah, so fun. It's it's very very cool. What a what a very very sh-
2: cool. very meaningful experience to be able to share that mm-hmm. with
1: them. Yep. No, it's good. I think in um I think you got this is jamming on the same aspect of, of what we're talking about in all these different um stories. But it's also cool of um in that of like, man, like clearly trying to give something and instill something that has meant a lot to to me, and I see it in my brother, brother in law and dad as as well of um you know like you're you're teaching like in a sense rules even you know of like hey this is about like the mm. family time together m- way more so than like this or that but like when something like this happens you do get your first buck like it's super super special in in that um and so it is it's like pervasive in um mm. in a way about how something like that can mean um Cause yeah, I don't, I, I, I may have to flesh this out more, but at least in my thinking of like, I mean, I I would actually hold to like that type of thing, whether, whether you call it like a rite of passage thing, um, like actual community, like whatever you, whatever you call it, like, man, if. If you have that in the context of a sacramental worldview, it's so much fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the word that comes to mind is just like fun there because it's pre- like that's present in mm-hmm. so many things that you do. Like I'm guessing mm-hmm. the Mets have like a certain code on how you guys watch college football. And yeah. like there's a right way to do it.
2: Yeah. Actually, I did that Tem- yesterday with my sister <laughs> that, that happens awesome yeah <laughs> but
0: even then with like the ritual i think you need to have some freedom that the ritual the man has made for this or the sabbath is made for man that man for the sabbath like right even those things can become ossified and rigid and not personal to like the person who's r- receiving them you know mm-hmm. so like john's buck his first nice buck is his first nice buck it's different than everybody else's first nice buck mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. You're, you're also kind of like being initiated into this thing that's bigger than you. So having both like the particularity and the personal aspect of it respected while also, um, because I think that's another thing where you can, you can constantly feel like you're living up to this Mm. thing. And it's also like, Oh, dad's was better. Like this, I always had this kind of idea that like olden times were just more good. Mm. Like things were more intact and men were men. And now we're this soft generation that like all of our stuff is, our tire swings get taken away because they're dangerous. So like our childhood is just sort of an ersatz version of theirs. Um, But the, the idea of like this ritual, this, this thing is, it's actually developing. It's actually becoming more mature. um, As each generation is included into it, not getting diluted and watered down. Um, I think that that's the organic, like you can tell a tradition is alive when that's happening. And like new things are, are right being added to it
2: yeah absolutely and, and i think that's built into the sacramental worldview is that um it is about the thing that we're doing which is like taking part in hunting sharing information spending time together but that's also a share in something greater which that's all present in the sacramental worldview which is like this is not devoid of god's grace but this is like really a gift and, and a holy moment that you get to spend time together and you couple that with like the mentoring component, um, mm-hmm. which is both personal, but then it also shares in an objective reality. That's what you're teaching them, but that's what a good mentor is, is it, it becomes personalized. And so yeah. what is essential remains, but it's also communicated because the person with you is, is actually with you
0: that's and they love you that was the other thing is what Bartosik was communicating in his own stoic way by (coughs) jumping off my homily thing is like I love you you mm -hmm. matter to me
2: mm -hmm. um hey my computer is about to die I y'all keep talking I gotta grab my charger well
1: juice I think you have to leave right I know know. yeah here in a couple couple minutes anything to I mean yeah I'm, I'm jamming on what we're talking about anything to wrap it up land the plane
2: can, oh can shoot! I just Mike, is
1: you. Are, is yours tall and small? Sorry, I just had to, <laughs> Get out of here!
2: Fall back! Come on, Rob. That
1: it's like bless you your children, guy. dude. You guy,
2: <laughs> I when I've experienced, I've had positive and negative experiences of the the mentorship, and especially when it comes to like a parish pastoral situation, and sure. there's something about um like a father um who does not cling to what he has but gets to share that freely that has been like a, a felt mm. affective experience towards another person that has almost always led to positive mentoring and the times when it's mm. been a negative experience it's like am I competing with you yeah. like yeah. what's what's happening I don't you're mm-hmm you're the guy I, I, I just want to learn I just want to learn <laughs> right. from you why? why are you scared of me yeah I'm a kid it's okay to pass on the kingdom that's actually what we're supposed to do but it's like right. no 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 this is like I gotta hoard this um, you
0: must decrease so that I might increase
2: yeah and they're like oh no I don't mm-hmm. I don't want that and so I think that's a prerequisite and are order you saying
1: of- I should have shot the buck instead of John?
2: Well, I'm saying you just should have at least let John him or at least as soon as you walked up to it, just been like, oh,
1: man, dude, that reminds me of my buck. That was even bigger <laughs> when I was younger <laughs> than you. Oh, like, that makes me like it's still such like a fresh and special moment. Like I had like a physical reaction to thinking about how belittling him in that moment. I did. I can't like I'm using even, it to. Bolster yeah, your it's, own ego? it's disgusting. Like, yeah. honestly, that's the word that comes to mind. Oh, it's You're
0: unmanly. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it was it's an cowardice okay It's like it is, unmanly. It is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking of hey, unmanly,
2: man. Mike, your computer's about to die.
1: Yeah. That you. <laughs> what know were you gonna say, Mets? You, you, you seem to have a last point.
2: You know that's not unmanly, okay? It's just <laughs> the battery capacity of my computer. That's all that is. All right. Yeah.
1: Right. Keep telling yeah. yourself that for
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I called my mom earlier, and she <laughs> said I was so handsome. Okay, <laughs> but it doesn't matter what you think.
0: All right, well, it's good to be with you guys. You guys I do. I miss
2: you guys a lot. So I know. I did. Like, I, I missed mentoring another. you guys. Mm-hmm. Here's my wing. You guys Here's are under wing. it. Come
1: under it. What's the experience like, yeah, for you to see us grow? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, dude. it's upsetting, okay? So
2: <laughs> yeah. next podcast, y'all talk less. So Uncle Mike can talk more, okay? <laughs> Let me talk.
0: All right, fellas. Peace. Take it pleasing. Peace. Follow
1: 3 Dogs North on Instagram. 3 Dogs North are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz.
0: Good girl.